Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 17th, and our reading comes from Mark chapters 2 and 3. Beginning in verse 13, Mark says this, Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and talked the crowds that were coming to him. And as he walked along, he saw Levi sitting in his tax collector's booth, and he said, follow me and be my disciple. So Levi got up and followed him. So now Jesus, first he started with businessmen, now he's called a tax collector, which was most unusual because the Jews hated tax collectors. And the reason is because this was a Jewish man who has partnered with the Roman government in order to collect taxes from his own people. And they hate him for it. Well, often these tax collectors also abused this power and authority to collect extra in order to make themselves rich. But when Jesus sees him, rather than rejecting him, rather than attacking or criticizing him, he invites him into relationship. And maybe you're listening today and you wonder, would Jesus ever forgive me? Would Jesus ever give me a chance? Would Jesus ever forgive my past? And the answer is yes. And Jesus invites Levi into relationship. Of course, Levi is also known as Matthew. He becomes a disciple. He writes the first book of the New Testament, and he's following Jesus. And he has such an amazing encounter with Jesus that it changes everything. And listen, that's what Jesus wants to do for you. No matter what's in your past, the first step is to begin following Jesus, is to come into relationship, not to clean up your act, but to come into relationship because it's in the presence of Jesus that he heals our hearts and we are overwhelmed by his love and grace and it transforms our life. So this is so important to understand. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and his love and grace will clean you up as it heals your heart. Watch what happens to Levi. So later, Levi, he invites Jesus, the disciples, to his home to be dinner guests, and he invites all his sinner tax-collecting friends. Watch this, verse 16. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus and the disciples eating with tax collectors and all these sinners, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with such scum. See, they can't stand these people. They've judged, condemned, written them off as hopeless. Well, here's what Jesus says, verse 17. When he heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have not come to call those who think they are righteous. I came to call those who know they are sinners. Man, don't you love that? Jesus comes for people just like this. I mean, even today, one of the biggest challenges that we face in helping people learn to follow Jesus is reaching people who think they are righteous. The truth is, it's easier to reach people who know they are sinners. 
And so Jesus does that. Matthew has had such a powerful encounter with the love and the grace of God. It's already had such a profound impact on his life. He wants everybody to know about it. And I'm just telling you, when you begin spending time with Jesus, as you encounter his grace, his love, as he begins transforming your life, you know what? You want everyone to have that same experience. In fact, one of the reasons we're not more passionate about evangelism and pointing people to Jesus is because we've not learned to be with him ourselves. What we have learned is how to go to church and how to be a good church member and how to follow the rules. And it's not that that's bad, but if that's all we've done, we've really not tasted and experienced yet the real benefit of of living in a relationship with Jesus. Jesus didn't come so that we would go to church and follow the rules. Jesus came so that we would follow Him, so that we would live in a relationship with Him. And it's in relationship with Jesus that we experience His presence, His love, His grace. It transforms our hearts. Then we do want to go to church, but it's not because we're supposed to, and it's certainly not to prove anything to Jesus. We've been spending time with Him all week. We go to church to gather with a group of believers and to celebrate all that Jesus has been doing for us in this past week and to pray over and to prepare for all that he's doing in this next week. We come to church to learn how to cultivate the connection. And see, that's what Levi is experiencing and he wants all of his friends to experience it. And the reason the Pharisees don't care about all of these sinners is because they've never experienced God's love and grace themselves. They're legalistic. They're judgmental. They're mean-spirited. They're distant from God. They're controlling. They're oppressive, right? And so they don't love these people at all because they've never encountered the life-changing grace of God themselves. So this is why it's so important that we are with Jesus so we can become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. Well, now somebody comes to John and they ask the question, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples do? Well, Jesus said, well, the wedding guests fast. They don't fast while celebrating with the groom. And of course, we're the wedding guests. Jesus, the groom, is there. He says they can't fast while the groom is with them, while Jesus was on earth. But someday the groom will be taken away. Jesus will ascend back into heaven. And then they will fast. And then he begins explaining some of the purpose of fasting. Besides, who would put old clothing on a new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving it even big and tear. Who puts new wine into old wineskins? The wine would burst the wineskins. The skins lost, the wine's lost, everything's lost. What's Jesus' point? Fasting softens our hearts in order to receive the new expanding work of God's kingdom in us. Now, when Jesus was with them, Jesus was softening their hearts and helping them receive the kingdom. They are growing and maturing in their faith. They're learning so much. But once Jesus goes, we have to fast in order to redirect our appetite to God, to humble ourselves, to soften our hearts, to receive the new thing God wants to do in our hearts. And the truth is, it's harder to be in that posture 
when Jesus is not physically present and fasting helps with that. And then watch this. On the Sabbath day, the disciples are hungry. They break off some grains. The Again, the religious leaders are attacking, criticizing Jesus for that. And Jesus says, listen, once again, he reminds them of David and how David ate the sacred bread. And he's helping them understand the Sabbath is made for man. Man is not made for the Sabbath. And so then he goes into the temple. Once again, there's a man with a deformed hand. He needs to heal. Jesus asks, is it lawful to good, do good on the Sabbath? Well, of course, the answer to that question is yes, and they can't even answer the question. So Jesus heals this man. Watch this, verse 5. They're angrily, this is chapter 3, and Jesus is deeply saddened by the hardness of their hearts. See, they need to fast. They need to soften their hearts in order to receive the new thing that God is doing in the world. The Messiah, the Savior is here. But their hearts are so hardened, they don't see. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. Their heart is closed. And on the Sabbath, Jesus is bringing rest and healing and good and rest restoration into the lives of his disciples and this crippled man. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. It's a day of rest. And Jesus is bringing rest into their lives. And he says, again, the Sabbath was made for man. The law was made to bless, to serve men. Men aren't made to serve the Sabbath, right? And then they get so angry about this. This is fascinating to me. In verse 6, it says, At once the Pharisees went away met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Here's the thing that's crazy. They are angry that Jesus is breaking the Sabbath law by allowing the hungry to eat and by healing the sick. And yet they are ready to break a much greater law, the law of life, and murder Jesus. Just think about the hypocrisy of that. They're angry with Jesus for breaking the Sabbath. Of course, he hasn't broken the Sabbath, but they don't understand the Sabbath. The Sabbath is rest. Jesus has brought rest into the lives of the disciples and this sick man. Well, they don't understand that, and they're mad at Jesus for breaking the law, and yet they are ready to instantly break a much greater law, the law of life, and murder Jesus. Man, isn't that crazy? This is why, this is why, Really, this is why we fast a couple of times a year. And it's also why the idea of fasting needs to be a regular part of our spiritual heart and life and routine so that we can keep our heart soft to what God is trying to do new, fresh in our lives and in our world so that we never fall into the trap of missing what should be obvious as God begins breaking into our lives. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for just this word today. And and God, we thank you for the work you did in Levi's life and the work that you're doing in our life. It's our encounter with grace, living in your presence, that makes us want to point people to you. God, we're so grateful for that. Lord, we pray that you would soften our hearts today. Prepare us to receive the new thing you want to do in our lives. And God, keep us close to you. Keep our hearts soft every day as we are with you. Help us to become like you so that we can do what you did in 
our world. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you today. Thanks again for being with me today. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.